0: You're listening to Mysteries Still Unsolved, a podcast where we discuss unsolved mysteries both past and present. I'm your host Rochelle. Today we will be discussing Arizona's most haunted places. everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Mystery Still Unsolved. I don't know about you, but I am still coasting from the high that was last week's episode. If you missed last week's episode, you missed out. <laughs> um, we were celebrating our 100th episode last week. We covered like some updates from the first 100 episodes of cases that I've covered. And I also made some really huge announcements. So the first announcement is that I have a patron program now, which I will put the link in the show notes of this episode. Um, there are three tiers. There is the $1 tier, which is the uncultured swine. You donate or you pledge $1 a month. Uh, there's a $3 a month pledge, um, which is the couch potato sleuth. And there is the third tier, which is the crime scene investigator and you pledge $5 a month. Um, Every single one of those categories gets a bonus episode that is available to patrons only. Um, We'll be doing once a month starting in March. Um, The first tier gets a shout out on the episode. The second tier gets a shout out on the episode plus a complimentary Mysteries to Unsolved sticker with a handwritten note from yours truly. And the third tier gets a shout out on the show. A complimentary sticker with a note from myself. And then they also get a 15% off coupon code to use towards all merch and all future merch purchases. Um, which leads me to my next announcement. We have merchandise. <laughs> Finally, I know, right? This I feel like this has been a year in the making. Um, I have these really awesome. Vinyl stickers. I put one on my water bottle and I put one on my toaster. My toaster is pink, so I just thought it'd be really cute against the background of that. Um, And I also have been wearing the t-shirt. My husband's been wearing the t-shirt. We've been washing it regularly just to make sure that the quality is good and it's great. It's so soft. It's so cozy. Um, So I think that you're really going to love them. The stickers are running for $3 plus $1 shipping, and then the t-shirts are $25 with $4.99 shipping. So it's just so exciting. I'm so excited to like finally get those out to you. Um, all proceeds for the from the Patreon program and also from merchandise, uh, 15% of those proceeds are going to go towards the Grateful Heart Foundation, which is a foundation founded by Mariska Hargitay. She was the lead um, actress in SVU. She began a foundation which aids um, police officers departments all across the country who don't have enough money to test their rape kits to test any other DNA kits that they might have. Um, So this kind of like supplements it and helps to get more cases solved. Um, So yeah, super exciting stuff. Um, Before I begin today's episode, I just wanted to dedicate this very episode to my dear friend Jen, whose birthday it was when I was writing up this episode. Jen has been one of my ride-or-die friends almost since the very beginning of my crazy podcast crusade. Uh, She listens every week, and whenever we get together, we talk about these cases, we get real hyped up. And so I just wanted to take today's episode to show my appreciation for her and to wish her a happy birthday last month. Uh, She grew up in Arizona, so that's my little tribute to her today. We'll be covering some creepy places in Arizona. So Jen, whether you're listening to this today or in a few weeks, Let it be known that on your actual birthday, I was writing this episode up for you, my dear friend. Um, I was actually going to do another case today, but it was like real, real dark. (laughs) And I was like, how would I feel if someone dedicated a dark, gruesome murder story to me on my birthday? Yeah, I just felt weird about it. So today we're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to keep it a little bit more upbeat. But next week, I'm giving you a seven-day warning. I'm going to drag you down with, quite honestly, one of the most traumatizing and heart-wrenching stories that I've ever covered. I'm not excited about it. <laughs> it's real bad. Uh, but that's next week. And I don't want to kill the vibe of today. But just know you've been warned. You've been given a week notice. So instead of a gruesome case... We are going to have a charcuterie board of spooky places in the good old state of Arizona. A spook if you will. Yeah, 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 yeah. Should I get that trademarked? I don't know. Maybe. spook cooterie. It's kind of cute. But yes, I am going to give you a nice sampling of some seriously creepy and spectacular places, and I hope that you will enjoy it. All right, before we go ahead and get started, I just want to remind you that if you aren't already following me on my Instagram at Mystery solved, you should. There you can shoot me a DM, you can send me a case suggestion, you can see pics of the things that we cover, you can interact with one another, sometimes I pop in on the stories and give you additional content, or I'll share something like creepy or exciting that I have learned on the news throughout the week. Or just like weird things that I found. Like, if you've been following me recently, you may have seen the life size silicone feet that you can get yourself via Amazon. (laughs) I'm sorry, but why would anyone ever need a pair of silicone feet? I have no idea. Um, If Instagram is not really your jam, no problem. I do have a website, it's www.mysterystillunsolved.com. Uh there you can binge my now 101 episodes. You can also purchase merchandise there. Um, and then I also will probably have a link to my patron there as well. Okay, so let's get to it. All right. So the first on our list is the Ophium Theater in downtown phoenix this is our first stop today the theater was constructed in the 1920s and since its construction it has been no stranger to paranormal activity starting with the inexplicable death of the theater's original owner harry nace Um, his demise was said to be caused by two mysterious gunshots and when I say this, I mean that two mysterious gunshots is literally what it states as the cause of death on his death certificate. So apparently, Mr. Nays had always been like this upbeat guy, but one morning he was just found, shot to death in his home right above the theater in the hallway. Nearby was a small note which read, quote, Dear son, a nervous breakdown. God bless you all dad end quote while the son did confirm that the note was penned in his father's handwriting he could not for the life of him figure out what would have caused his father to end his own life but then mr nace's doctor of 20 years was consulted and he said that the friday previous he had made a house call to mr harry nace harry seemed to be somewhat in a depressed state And the doctor recommended that Mr. Nace take a trip. Hey, I wish my doctor would do that. Um, Harry did just that, and he actually planned a trip to Laguna Beach, California, the following week. But obviously, he never took that trip. At the time of his death, Mr. Nace owned 40 movie houses and was known to be one of the first nationwide owners of a drive-in movie theater. So we have him to thank for that adorable nostalgic activity many people do not believe that mr nace committed suicide and for good reason his neighbors distinctly recall hearing the sound of two gunshots and when the medical examiner studied the body he did note two gunshot wounds in the head but who can shoot themselves two times in the head not bloody likely Name that show for a gold star. (laughs) Uh, But who would want to kill Mr. Nace? That was the big question. Harry Nace brought so much joy to so many people. It's unfortunate that his ending was so tragic and unexplainable. But that's not the only creepy thing about this theater. There's also a ghost in the theater named Maddie. Mom. That's my mom's name. My mom is not the ghost. Um, Maddie reportedly whacks people in the back of their head while they're trying to watch a movie, which is just rude. (laughs) Uh, She has even photobombed some selfie-taking snappers. Guests also report an unexplainable purring sound. Um, It's believed to come from Mr. Nace's resident cat at the time of his death. While the latter might not sound so scary... I'd definitely rather hear some purring than be whacked in the head by a mischievous ethereal being. That is for short. Sure. Ghost chasers can experience the paranormal activity for themselves firsthand as the Ophium Theater offers ghost tours during the month of October for those who are brave and bold enough to venture into its darkest corners and normally off-limit places in the theater. Anybody want to go see a scary movie there? Mm -hmm -hmm. Hit me up if you want to go see one. (laughs) Next is the Cathedral of St. Augustine. Honestly, this one is really short and only has one harrowing legend, so it may not seem as bad as the others, but I assure you it is creepy enough that it made me stop my 1 a.m. podcast research and turn on motivational speakers instead. I was terrified. Um, Apparently, a nun without a face. Let me repeat that for you. A nun without a face has been seen multiple times hovering over the cathedral's courtyard. And I'm sorry, but if the image of a hovering nun with no face doesn't scare the absolute le- Jesus out of you, you might just be a psychopath. <laughs> I don't know why, but, like, even as a kid, regular nuns, just, like, regular nuns doing their thing with faces and everything, you know, like, with their dark, somber clothing and their prude ways, they scared the crap out of me. (laughs) Uh, Maybe it's because when I lived in New York, we lived right down the street from, like, this dreary, dark, old convent, but the idea of a nun haunting me gives me the heebie-jeebies. I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was a scary movie, like a super scary movie. Not like a, oh, it's kind of scary and there's going to be some jump scares, but like a literal terrifying movie where there was like a nun that was like possessed. The preview would come on on TV (laughs) and I would be like, no, 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 not today. (laughs) Not today. I would like try and fast forward or pause it or just like turn the TV off. I like, I can't, I can't, I don't even know what it's called, but I will never watch it because I can't even handle the preview. No. All right. Next we have the Yuma Territorial Prison. Ghost stories have long given this historic state park a reputation as being one of the most haunted locations, not only in Arizona, but in the whole United States of America. One such story is a legend of a little girl in a red dress who unfortunately drowned while attempting to retrieve her dolly from the Colorado River, which is so sad. Um, She now haunts the state prison that resides within the park. And if she doesn't like one of its many visitors or if you happen to be wearing red, apparently she will pinch you. Park manager Mike Guerton pointed out other stories of why... Souls become trapped in the prison in an interview done by USA Today. He said that due to the cruel nature of the prison's past and its former inhumane conditions, several men serving a life sentence ended up committing suicide to escape their bleak existence. A few men died in an out of control riot that occurred in 1887. Um, there were several attempts by a few inmates that like to escape. that like just didn't end too well they like got stuck somewhere and then died (laughs) um and there's also an old cemetery right down the hill from the prison making it an epic epicenter of grand proportions mike says it comes as no surprise to him that visitors have sworn that an angry voice demanded that they get out i'm like picturing like the beast from beauty and the beast (laughs) when i'm like hearing this Many of the paranormal reports tend to come from a location of the prison referred to as the dark cell. The dark cell was used to punish inmates who broke the rules. As the name implies, the dark cell is pitch black. Inmates would be stripped down to their underwear and chained where they stood. Cruel guards would throw in like snakes and scorpions to further torment the prisoners, which is just horrible. I hate when people in positions of control, like, take advantage of that control. It just doesn't sit well with me. Um, As cruel as the conditions in the prison were over the course of its existence, it actually ended up being a pretty progressive place in the end. The prison, this particular prison, was the first to have a library an on-site hospital. It was the first to have electricity and even the first to have air conditioning. Giving it like this kind of funny nickname, um, apparently inmates from other prisons would refer to this prison as the Country Club of Yuma. Um, Whenever criminals back in the day committed a crime, they could only like cross their fingers, toes, and butt cheeks and the eyes (laughs) that they would be sent there. The prison has hosted about a half a dozen film crews over the last few years, including Ghost Adventures, um, a BuzzFeed team went there, and the Food Network's Great Food Truck Race. It's even been the location of a few films. Yuma Territorial State Prison is no longer in operation, but you can still go see it for yourself. Just don't wear red. I'd recommend not wearing red. Lastly, the Hotel Monte Vista. Honestly, I'm pretty sure I saved the best for last, so buckle up. Creepy encounters are fairly common and routine at the Hotel Monte Vista in Flagstaff, Arizona. There are nearly a dozen documented cases of peculiar going-ons in Room 220. For instance, uh, Room 220 was once home of... Dun, 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 the meat man. The meat man was a weird, long-term boarder who would hang meat from his chandelier. He died in the 80s and was only found three days later because of the foul odor of his meats hanging upon the chandelier. Guests who spend the night in his old room report the touch of cold hands as they sleep. Nope. And the TV is said to act of its own accord. Then there's room 306, where two 1940 sex workers were lured inside, killed, and then thrown from the window of the room in an attempt to appear like a double suicide. Today, visitors have experienced sleepless or restless nights while inside of room 306 and male guests in particular have awoken to the feeling of gripping hands on their throats and mouths, making it impossible for them to breathe, almost as if the ladies from the 1940s have returned to seek their revenge upon any man who sleeps there. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at mysterystillunsolved. Visit my website, www.mysterystillunsolved.com for merch. Um, DM me a case suggestion. I have a few on the docket that I'm pretty excited about, so I may just cover one that you send me. Do you want to know how to better support this podcast? Of course you do. Refer me to a true crime-loving friend or family member. And remember, don't feel like you have to limit yourself to family and friends. Tell your roommate, tell your neighbor, tell your dog groomer, tell your taxidermist, tell your CPA, tell anyone wearing a red shirt, and then pinch them, just like the little girl at the Yuma prison. I just want everybody to know about mysteries still unsolved. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to join me next week when together we'll discover, did anyone ever place a useful tip? Has justice prevailed? Or is the mystery still unsolved? Happy birthday, Jen.